All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A little extra brass bonanza to get you in a good mood. How are you? Welcome to the Positive Friday edition of the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Oilers Nation YouTube and Facebook. And man, it is a glorious day. It's lights outside. It's warming up again. Like minus 10 is like perfect. This is this is like the ideal ODR weather. That's always what I think about. Right? You can go walking the dog. It's comfortable. You know, the dog isn't you know, prancing around after five minutes saying my feet are freezing. Get me out of here. Right? You're not bundled up wearing a balaclava. It's great. You can go for a walk comfortably. The sun's out. You got the ODR still, which is great. It's March. Playoffs are getting closer. Playoffs are starting. Hey, I know there's so much going on. And uh, by the way, the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Alberta's only regulated online gambling website where 100% of the revenue stays right here in the province of Alberta at PlayAlberta.ca. And you have minor hockey playoffs have started. Good luck to uh, all the teams that uh, are getting going this weekend at uh, at all different levels. I know that uh, at some other, hey, junior, the jungle, they've already been playoffs for a few weeks. Right? Uh, junior A is going to be starting their playoffs. The BCHL is going to be starting their playoffs right away. Also tonight, how about the uh, high school down at the Expo Center, Con Man? I think it's ten bucks a ticket. As you have all the the Metro final, uh, the final weekend for uh, Metro, so I think it's quarterfinals tonight. So uh, all those teams, good luck. It's an unreal time of year. You have all the year for sport, and sports is fun. Don't get me wrong, but it's just a little bit more fun when it's the playoffs. Whether you're a participant or a spectator. I know moms and dads, probably a little bit more nervous. Don't yell at the officials, okay? Just because it's a playoff game, don't all of a sudden lose all the goodwill you've had all year by freaking out on a young official in the playoffs, okay? Don't do it. You'll uh, you'll regret it. You'll go home, you'll feel shame, especially if you go too over the top. See that video circulating, the mom who cl- who went on the ice because she didn't like the call, the, the, the non-call by the ref in a hockey game. I know, by the way, that was in U17. Mm, no. Things you don't do. In Parent Book 101. Could you imagine? Conman, what would you have done if you're playing football and your mom came out of the crowd and walked onto the field because there was a missed call against you? I'd be humiliated. <laughs> exactly. Like worked out okay uh, in the blind side with Sandra Bullock, though, right? Michael Orr, you know, taught him how to block. Uh, but you're right; that'd be absolutely embarrassing, and you would hear it from your teammates oh, for sure. Oh, like 
I, the only time, like I remember my, the only time my mom ever was really involved in sports and looking back on it, she probably had a point. Um, anybody who you, knows the old Camrose arena, not the, not the new one, but the old one, right? It was big and it was kind of echo. So back then it's midget, whatever you 17. And it was, I remember cause it was around Christmas time because my brother was home. He was playing the WHL and obviously he was never really home, but it was a game on like December 22nd or something like that. It's in Camrose and the officiating was terrible, you know, whatever. And, um, I cut across the blue line and a guy knees me. And as I go up in the air, you know, I go flying in the air. My stick hits a guy and I get the high sticking penalty. Wow. Right. Kind of snap. I'm like, what? The guy need me, dude. Like, what are you talking about? So anyway, I sit in the penalty bench. I, so there's the, I sit in the penalty bench. I still remember Ryan Bacon, uh, rest his soul. He was uh, sitting beside me and I'm talking and I'm right. And so we're just talking to each other. I'm like, I can't believe how bleep, you know, you said bleep and terrible these refs are. We're just talking to each other in the bench. The timekeeper hears us talking. We're just talking to ourselves, which I thought we we're allowed to do. Comes over the referee and the ref's like, you're out. And I'm like, for what? Well, you swore. I'm like, we're talking to each other. Who said swearing? We're not swearing at you. Might have been swearing about you. And so now I had to skate across the ice. Conwell, I, at this point, I'm out of the game. So I felt like I got to get my money's worth. So I probably said a few choice words at, at the real top of my uh, my lungs at that point. Rather loud. Skate across the ice. Get in the room. Whatever. And there'd be two other guys on our team being kicked out. So this had you know, been building a little bit. One of them is so the door opens in the dressing room. And one of the guys I'm sitting there looking over. And all of a sudden I see his eyes like get big. My mom comes in the room. And she just says, if you ever have a display like that again, you will not play hockey. Now, i got to remember, I, I could drive myself at this point. <laughs> but there's something about your parents. And it was very calm. But it was just like, whew. And uh, so I remember sitting there, and you know, my, my buddies didn't make fun of me. And uh, like after the game, my brother's like, Oof. and we kind of laugh about it now because he's like, oh, yeah. My mom was pretty quiet, but if she ever did snap, oh, it was uh, anybody who knew my mom is a vice principal and principal for years. So I'm sure some of her students could attest to it. She kind of had that look where you're just like, OK, she's not screwing around here. There's there's no wooden spoon, but I know it's legit. And uh, yeah, that was the only time. And, you know, she probably had a point like it probably had a few too many expletives. But I felt like I was clear. Like, there's no way ever in the history of hockey that I should have been kicked out for that, talking to my teammate with no refs even around. The way the story was going, I thought your mom was going to get mad at the ref. But to, no, come, at, to come at no, you, I think that's, hey, no. that, that's good parenting. That's yeah, a life lesson no. that you'll never forget. Right? Yes. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, yeah. And I, I remember, like, being like, well, the ref screwed up, but I didn't even say it. But in my, because I was like, <laughs> no, that's not the right answer here, right? Sometimes you just got to nod your head. Yes. Yes, mom. So. Oh, there you go. So parents, you know what? If your kid does go uh, off the deep end, even though I'm like, even though the ref was in the wrong, I wasn't in the right. That's kind of how I looked at it. So there you go. Edmonton orders. If you're wondering back to back games, who's starting? It'll be Stu Skinner tomorrow. And against Pittsburgh at home, it'll be Calvin Pickard. In Seattle tomorrow afternoon. And, you know, Chris Knobloch explained why. He uh, says there's a lot of factors that go into it. You know, practice time. Uh, obviously, they don't have a morning skate tomorrow. So, they want to get Stuart Skinner in today, I guess, and get him a good practice. And although they both were on the ice. But uh, it takes a few more shots in the starter's net. And uh, he really likes how he's played as of late. Right? Like he said, he goes, hey, the first five minutes against St. Louis, we weren't good. But after that, we gave up some good chances. And Skinner kept it as, as two goals against so uh, that's two games in a row. So they're going to run Skinner, and then you'll have Calvin Pickard, and then the orders will go on the road. And now is where you kind of look at the order schedule and think, okay, where I think there's there's going to start to be a few more starts for Calvin Pickard. There has to be. Like, like I outlined it at the start of February, how Skinner can play 57 starts, which I don't think is is too much. I think it's a good number. All right, so you look... You got Seattle and Pittsburgh, so he'll play one of those two will be Pickard. Then there's Boston, Columbus, Buffalo, Pittsburgh back-to-back. He's definitely going to play one of the back-to-backs next weekend. And I would consider having him even playing against Columbus, although it probably won't happen because they're going to go Skinner two games in a row. But I wouldn't rule it out, Cons. Uh, you can't have Skinner getting up to 60-plus starts. I just think it's too much. So they're going to have to start monitoring it. They have some back-to-backs this month, so it's a little bit easier, right? We know for sure there's three starts he's making, but I think, I think he has to make at least four, maybe five this month, probably five. 
to make it uh, stick on track for uh, 57 starts. Uh, other notes, notes, I don't expect any lineup changes tomorrow. Um, Sam Gagne was the last guy off the ice today, which is usually an indication that uh, there's not going to be any lineup changes. And really, why would like it sucks for Gagne, don't get me wrong. I, I think he kind of knew uh, what was going on uh, when he came here. Now, no player's happy with it. You want to play. But he's not going to be outwardly unhappy to be a distraction in the room. Two different things. 833-401-1440. You can text us in our E-Well inbox. 833-401-1440. You can always email us, Gregor at sports1440.ca or uh, Connor at sports 1440 Hey, hey guys, any word on how Campbell's doing? I'm wondering if Holland feels like he maybe is the backup at some point from uh, Trailer Park. Ryan, well, Ryan, the thing is, if you bring up Jack Campbell, there's it's almost like you have to take one player off your roster to do it. Now, they could do it now because they don't have seven defensemen, right? They could do it, but they're not going to do it before the trade deadline. And then after the trade deadline, the only way I think they would call up Jack Campbell is if there's an injury or they're going to carry three goalies on the roster. Because I just think you get into March, now you're three weeks from the playoffs, and in order to bring Campbell up, you probably have to send Picker down. Do you want to risk him on waivers? And another team just says, you know what? We'll take him. We got, because remember, you can expand the roster after the trade deadline. You can have 25 guys on it as long as it's cap compliant. And some other teams might have more cap space and say, hey, we can absorb a third goalie here. We'll bring in a third goalie. Guess what? Now our starter doesn't have to practice as much. Right? We can rest him even more. So I don't see how they do it unless there's an injury. And then they look and say, well, you know what? Maybe we're just going to, for a week, carry 12 forwards. It's possible, but unlikely. Is, is kind of how I see it, just from the cap implications and wanting to... Uh, I just don't think they want to risk losing Pickard. Not because I think he's great, it's just because what if you bring in Campbell and now he's not good? Now what do you do? Because you don't have a backup for... So I think they're, they're, right now, Edmonton is going to play the numbers game with their backup goalies in the sense that we think it's going to be about quantity and hoping that out of the quantity, one is quality. That's kind of how I see it. So... Um, We'll see. Last night in the uh, National Hockey League, the uh, Edmonton Orders got some uh, some more good news because uh, Vegas, despite being down 3 nothing, did uh, mount a comeback only to lose 5-4 to the Boston Bruins. So uh, Orders uh, gain more in the points percentage. They're now f- one point back of Vegas with three games in hand. So, And trust me, like it's with every passing day, it looks more and more likely that they're going to meet. But I guess uh, you never know. Um uh, on the, uh, I guess, on a stretch possibility, the Canucks also lost. So the orders gain ground on Vancouver. If you think, you know, if Edmonton can win all their games in hand, then they're, what, three points back of uh, Vancouver? So not completely out of it, but you got to win all your games in hand. So that's why it's difficult, right? Even if they go three and one, right? Now you're five points back. So close, yes, but not not that close, Right. So actually, no, sorry, if they win all, because yeah, then now it's five games in hand. If they won them all, they'd only be one point back. So even if they go four and one, then they're three points back. So it's not crazy, but Edmonton's going to have to go on a roll here. And and at least the next few games, you look, I think Seattle's a beatable team. Pittsburgh's a beatable team. Columbus, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, five of their next six. Right? You got Boston on the road, tough team. So definitely not a lock to win that game by any... And it's not a lock to win any games, but I think there's a much better chance you can beat Buffalo and Seattle and Pittsburgh. It is funny, though, that both times they play the Penguins, it's uh, on the second half of a back-to-back. But guess what? The Penguins are also playing tomorrow. And in fact, the orders will be slightly... Well, yeah, they'll get home before the Penguins arrive in Edmonton because the orders play in Seattle at uh, 2 p.m. Mountain Time. So then they get on the plane, and I know it's one Pacific, but I'm just saying they, they play at two mountain time. Uh, game's over. Let's say they leave at six. So they're probably back home by 10, I would guess. Maybe 10.30. Right? But I, I mean back home, not landing, but by the time you get home, you're in your bed, whatever. Pittsburgh is playing in Calgary Saturday night on the late game. So it doesn't end until usually like 10.45. 
time you get in, like they're not getting until two or three in Edmonton. So uh, the Penguins will be a little bit more fatigued uh, than the Oilers. Not much, but uh, but a little. And then uh, after that, the Oilers they don't play. Uh, they do play uh, Buffalo and Pittsburgh. But as Strutty always says, when it's back to back and both are afternoon games. Doesn't feel very hard, especially the Buffalo game is an early one on Saturday the 9th, 10.30 Edmonton time. So it's 12.30 in Buffalo. Game's over, but when you're flying a little hop, skip, and a jump to Pittsburgh, like you're landing in Pittsburgh by 7.30, right? You could be in the sheets easy by 10 o'clock. So, I, you know, Strutty's always talked about the, uh, the afternoon back-to-backs aren't that hard at all. Hey, guys, if uh, Picker gets hurt, but not seriously, would his cap hit count if they do a call-up on Campbell, or do they have to call up Roderick? Well, they could, in theory, call up Roderick. So you're saying if Pickard is out on the IR for like a week. Because if you're on the IR, you still count against the cap. So, well, it would all depend. You could call up Campbell, but then you'd have to send down another player. Right? That's what's going to have to happen. They'd have to send down a forward. And the problem is the only guy who doesn't need waivers is Holloway. And they probably don't want to do that. Now, who depends who their 14th forward is at that time or 13th, how many they're carrying. So, And also, how serious is it? Like, if it happens on March 20th and you think it's three weeks, well, then you probably just put them on LTIR because there's only four weeks left in the season at that point. And you, uh, you use the advantage that not everybody likes until it's your team that benefits from it, right? Let's be honest here. If the Edmonton orders suddenly have a player with $6 million or $5 million because they got a lot of $5 million guys and one of them gets, you know, knock on wood, I'm not saying it happens. Let's say they get hurt and they're, oh, geez, they're going to be out two months. You put them on LTIR, you go and add a player, and then that player is magically ready for game one of the playoffs. I don't think order fans would be as upset as when it happens to Tampa Bay. Right? Which, and I always warn people, if you're going to get upset when it happens to other teams, then get upset when it happens to your team. But I could see why they would like it. Hey, guys, I assume the orders will be right at the cap at the deadline. The difference between Pickard and Campbell is 3.1. They need to waive 3.1 worthy of salary to bring Campbell up. Um, no, it's not It's not uh, 3.1. Um, well, yeah, but it is. You look at um, after the deadline, though, there's only 42 days of the season left. Right, so that's all the cap space you need is what's left for the remaining forty-two days of the hundred and ninety-two. Which is this every year is different, but this year it's a hundred ninety-two day season. So every day on the cap counts the percentage of that. Right. So if you're a million dollar player, you would divide it by a hundred and ninety-two days, and that would be your daily cap hit. And then whatever that is on forty-two days, that's the cap space you need after the trade deadline. So it's why it's why the orders have been able to accrue cap space right now because they're not at the cap. So every day that they're not on it, they're making it up, and like that's why they don't have Phil Kemp up because he's a four million four four thousand and change every day that he's not on the roster that they're saving and accruing, and that actually builds up to be more come trade deadline. So there you go. Quick break. We'll come back uh, on the uh, program. I don't think I told you our lineup. We got a good lineup. Uh, low Todd will be by, of course, uh, Wanya Gretzka, uh, Craig Button, Speck. Uh, we'll hear from uh, Lorianne Munzer. Uh, John Forslund will join us, the voice of the Kraken. Big win last night for Seattle. What are they going to do? Are they going to deal off, or do they still think they're in the race? We'll find out next on the Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Pause of Friday continues on. Welcome back, Jason Gregor. Connor Halley with you. Lovely uh, March 1st. Hey, I know the snow is here and we trust we need more of it. And uh, hopefully we have a nice wet spring. That's uh, that's what we need. Wet spring. You know what March means, baby? One week from now. Actually, less than one week because it would be at uh, 1 o'clock Edmonton time next Friday. Will be the trade deadline. There was two trades in March. That's it. I can guarantee you Captain Obvious statement of the day. There will be more than two trades in March. Okay. Significantly more. Uh, well, it's like which teams are involved. It's kind of, uh, it's fascinating to look at, you know, teams down the stretch. There's a huge game tonight, uh, Philly and Washington that could have some, uh, implications on the uh, playoffs and, uh, potentially, uh, who, uh, these teams are trading. Maybe it doesn't impact it, but maybe it does. We'll find out. Uh, let's go around the NHL brought to you by Mick Donald's. And it's back, baby, for a limited time. The Shamrock Shake. 
You can get that now. And while you're there, there's still a few of them left. You get the $5, which gets you all the GCs for ice cream cones, coffee, cheeseburgers, and fries. It's, it's a value of 20 bucks, but you get it for 5 and the $5 goes to support Ronald McDonald House, right, which supports the families who have kids in the sick hospital. So get in the shake and then uh, get your 5 bucks. It turns into 20 That's a good deal. We're joined now by one of the best play-by-play guys in the National Hockey League. Uh, longtime uh, voice of the Carolina Hurricanes. Now, of course, is the voice of the Seattle Kraken. John Forslund joins us. John, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm well, Jason. Thanks for having me, and thank you for the kind words. I appreciate oh. it. Hey, man, I got the uh, I got the center ice package, man. I love listening to different guys uh, on you know going back to the Carolina days. So I enjoy it. Uh, you got a great call, so I know I truly appreciate it. Um, the Kraken, uh, you know, big win last night, and and the Kraken are another one of those teams, except they're just in the West, where here they are. They're they're seven points back of Nashville, but they have two games in hand, and like. Like, where do you think the Kraken are as, and as far as maybe being a seller? Do you think they wait right till the deadline? Because I, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Nashville or Calgary, St. Louis, you know, are clearly better than them. So where do you think Ron Francis' head is at right now a week out? Well, I, I, I can guess that his head is always, you know, where it needs to be in terms of, you know, his overall plan, like the bigger plan. And, and, and so when you look at it, the players that they have that could be in play here, I'm not 100% sure that the, the, the haul, the return back will be much different if it were to happen today or next week yep. or right at the deadline. Um, so I think he's going to let it play out for a little bit here. They won a big game last night. They're still a little bit relevant. they got a long way to go. They need to streak and they need to win again and they need to roll off some games here in succession. Um, so I, I, I just think it's, it's wait and see for now. And I think if he gets in and around it, even if they're a little bit closer, I think it'll be realistic and he'll make the right move and he'll make moves that, you know, are, are good for the player. And uh, the guys that are in play, I think they would like to retain with the right term. Uh, that might be the issue for some of these guys and uh, and we'll see but there's no question that you know what happened last year with the Kraken was a perfect storm and this group that they have this year this was their opportunity to prove they could do it again they've fallen short um, and I don't think anybody here is seeing anything other than the realistic situation that presents itself which is it's a, it's a good team with a lot of veterans that you drafted in an expansion process and there's some youth coming and uh, they have a deep prospect pool they're proud of that and they think uh, you know, that's going to be the next step. And, and how you get there is by managing your assets. And I think that's what it'll do. Yeah, and that makes total sense. And so, you know, guys who are pending UFAs include Eberly and Wenberg and Schultz. And we all know that sometimes there's teams that are, you know, looking for guys with an extra year of term. And, you know, like Adam Larson, if I was Seattle, I wouldn't want to trade him. But, God, he would have a lot of value on the market right now. You know, he's got an unbelievable cap hit and only $4 million. And he's a legit top pair, right, defenseman. Um, I just, I don't, I don't know if Seattle wants to move him at this point. Although I guess, you know, it all depends on what the return is. But, you know, you look at, at Eberly and, and Wenberg. What do you think the odds are any of those guys re-signing in Seattle? I think that it's a 50-50, to be fair. Okay. I, I think both guys would love to do it. I think they'd like to get the best deal possible. And I'm not sure that if you're the, the, the general manager that holds their rights right now uh, in and around a trading deadline that you're going to just say, okay, we're going we're gonna to go three years, say, with, with, with uh, Jordan Everly. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe that's fair. Uh, maybe two years is, is better for the team. Maybe the player wants four. You know, and if that's the case, then, you know, give him a chance to go somewhere else and be a piece. I, I think this is a place that's uh, earned a good reputation with the players, and those players can always come back. So there's always that opportunity to get back in the mix, you know, in and around uh, uh, July 1. So you could you could always do something along those lines. Um, but I don't think the team wants to tie uh, too much up into players who are, you know, past 30, in and around 30. Uh, you have to to be real there's some other pieces here you mentioned adam larson there's yanni gord they traded for oliver bjorkstrand 
there's an RFA situation with Ellie Tolvin and he's 24. He's a young player, so they have his rights. Veneers needs a contract. You know, Dunn got his contract last summer. So, um, you know, all these things come into play. And when you're dealing with a player, uh, for instance, in Jordan Everly, I mean, everybody loves him here. I think he loves it here. He's part of the leadership core. But again, you get down to business. What makes the most sense? And if I'm the player, I want the most I can get. And maybe what has to happen for that is you go be a piece for a team that wants a cup, uh, increase your market value, and maybe it works out long-term for you. Or if you have to come back and, and come back to a place that still wants you, you're still comfortable, you still have a role, uh, I think they'd welcome any of those players back. John, I know it was only one game, but uh, you saw him for many years uh, doing play-by-play in the East. Uh, the Penguins come in last night, Seattle shuts them out. What do you make of this Penguins team right now? Like, like they're kind of delaying the inevitable. Everybody knows they're going to have to rebuild at some point, but man, like it looks like it, it might have to be sooner than than later. I would think with the Penguins. I think so. I, 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 based on what I saw last night, what I've seen, you know, leading up to the game, just just doing some, uh, you know, prep for the Penguins and whatever. Um, Evgeny Malkin just doesn't play the same way he did and uh not at all and Latang, you can see you can see the fa- the age factor there but they're attached to a, a long-term deal with him they made the deal for carlson um that kind of is what it is and then there's sydney who who probably i i don't know anything's possible right anything's possible um but his season has been phenomenal mm-hmm. he continues to just be that player um, I think he's going to warrant some conversation for a major award, maybe a Selkie. Um, you know, that's that's going to be interesting to watch. But he has delivered everything, and I, I don't, I, I don't know. I, don't, I, I think they owe it to him to uh, to present a plan soon. Yeah. You know, what exactly is going to happen here? It seems to be a lot of gray area with Kyle Dubas. Uh, you can't get a read on it. And then they have a great player in his prime, like Jake Gensel. And it appears from what you read and what you hear that uh, there isn't much interest in going back to Pittsburgh. And, uh, and he's a he's a game breaker. He's a he's a great player, as we all know, right? So um, it, that's an interesting team to look at. And if you wait too long, it becomes a, a big mess. And that's that's what you, they're trying to avoid. You would think. Yeah, no, it it is fascinating because you're right. Crosby's having an unreal year, and I know he was on record as saying, "Hey, I want to be a Pittsburgh guy," and I understand all that, but. Man, like I don't see him getting moved this year, but I look at next season, and if all of a sudden we fast forward to next February and the Pens are in the exact same spot and they're missing the playoffs again, and he's a pending UFA, like I think the conversation becomes serious. And I like you imagine a team that could acquire Sidney Crosby, John, like it, not only just for name recognition for your team, but a hell of a player. Like man, he'd be one of the most sought after trade deadline guys around. Well, and, and you look at the the new ownership there in Pittsburgh, and you know I'm a I'm a, uh, a long-time Red Sox fan, okay? So I'm kind of living through this on the baseball side, watching, you know, what's happened uh, with their teams. They had great success with this ownership, but lately it's been about moving players out of there and going to a kind of a restructuring, retooling, whatever you want to call it. And I would think they'd be in the same mindset with a player like Sidney Crosby when he becomes your most valuable asset. You know, what's best for him? What's best for the team? And uh, what are you going to do as a franchise moving forward? You almost have to act on it to, to make it better, make it better for your investment and, and your team. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be interesting to watch. Um, I, I'm not sure that, uh, that Sydney would want to be around, uh, you know, just go down with the ship if that's the way it's going to be. franchises in this league takes a long time um so you know again that'll be uh that'll be fascinating to see it unfold john one quick one for you you look at the orders coming in Connor mcdavid of course is uh, is red hot um who do you see on home ice what's the matchup seattle's going to want to get as much as they can tomorrow against mcdavid's line well, it's interesting. I mean, because the the the, the line that you know at home that Haxtell, who doesn't hard match much, Dave Haxtell, uh, because of the balance and the way the Kraken have been constructed here, um, he can roll four, and the four lines that he has had when they're fully healthy, um, basically have the same DNA, so it all it all kind kind of works. 
because they're hard workers and they're, you know, they've even called themselves a great group of third line players. Right. So, but the one line that's checked at home against the matchup, a, a high-end matchup like that, is Benyani Gord, Ellie Tolvin, and Oliver Bjorkstrand. But they've been broken up. Um, they just uh, they're trying to get more offense. They're trying to get uh, Bjorkstrand going a little bit, and he has found some harmony with Wenberg on his line. Um, so it's either Gord or Wenberg, and whoever they're playing with, it's probably going to be in that situation. And then it'll be interesting to see, you know, how the Oilers, you know, go about it and whether or not the the big two are separated or playing together as they have been for a bit here. Um, and and the thing about Edmonton, they play well in Seattle. They always have. Yep. Connor plays great here. Uh, Connor, you know, he has a feel in every building. But for whatever reason, he's put up some huge performances in Seattle. Leon has two. And, uh, and they need to come out of the chute. And, and, and kind of dictate the game. So that's something the Kraken have been fighting. That won't be an easy thing. Uh, but if they can make it difficult, you know, I was there Wednesday night with Eddie. We did the uh, TNT game in St. Louis and the week before when Boston was there. Um, you know, you can, you can get into the teeth of, of what's ailing the Oilers a little bit at times, which is uh, defensively again, right? So if, if the Kraken can just you know, take their will and make it difficult, make the ice difficult, which will be a challenge. But if they can do that, you know, interesting as the game goes along, uh, if the, if the Kraken can kind of turn that in their favor. John, really appreciate your time. Enjoy the matinee affair tomorrow. Thanks for this. I will. Thanks, Jason. Take care. There you go. That's uh, John Forrest. Honestly, if, you, if you've never watched a Seattle Kraken, if you have the uh, NHL package, or they were actually on Sportsnet last night against uh, Pittsburgh. The uh, Forzen's one of the best play-by-play guys out there. He is really good. Solid. That's one. Um, the uh, the owner in Carolina basically, honestly, you know why John left? Flat out. The owner didn't want to pay him. And he knew his value. And bet on himself. And that's uh, smart. It's good. It's ballsy. But uh, sometimes you got to know what you're worth. And uh, John did. He's pretty good. 237, we've got uh, Too Many Warning with Cam Tate coming up uh, a little bit later on. Also... Um, uh, lots of texts flying in, 833-401-1440. Uh, I am working on a, on, a, on a story that's coming out on Oilers Nation next week that I think um, people are quite going to And I think you'll be surprised because I'll be honest, it, it kind of, it's not a story that I was looking for until I asked a question and the answer just made me go, what? And it really piqued my interest. And so um, it's, it's, trust me, it's not going to be like breaking news story, but I think it's one that hockey fans will appreciate, and specifically coaches and parents on sometimes why, like I see it all the time where there's at times lunacy takes over in uh, in minor hockey on lots of different areas. And this is a story that's not going to stop. I'm not talking yelling and screaming for your kids to get iced. I'm not, that's what I'm talking about. Just something in the sporting world right now for hockey specific that I think some parents are always like, are you kidding me? I got to deal with this with my kid. Like, no, 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 no. So it's uh, one of the best in the NHL at um, at what they do, despite not really being that interested in it. So that's uh, coming up next week. I had a really good chat about that today. So uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. Uh, the two-minute warning with uh, Cam Tate and more on the Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Pause of Friday, rolling through on Sports 1440, Orders Nation YouTube and Facebook. It's Gregor Show presented by our title sponsor, PlayAlberta.ca. We've got a lot of text flying in, 833-401-1440. Just want to clarify one thing. So right now, with Jack Campbell in the minors, and uh, so when he's in the minors, he counts as $3.85 million against cap, even though he's in the minors. And Calvin Pickard's on the roster. He's 762500 So between the two of them, what's that? $4.6125 million. So if they were to switch right now, they would only need about 385, 387, whatever the number is, 387K in cap space. So they have more than enough, right? They've, they've accrued, actually, they have over $2 million in cap space. Now, they're not going to do it before the deadline. But afterwards, that's all the space they would need to do it. It's not a full player. It's the three. Now, they might they might use all their cap space, but just remember that's the number. And keep in mind, it actually gets smaller every day after 
the because uh, you only need so much per day of cap space. That's all you would need. So it wouldn't actually be that difficult if that's what they chose. But the risk is the waving of Pickard. That's the challenge, I think, for Edmonton. I don't think they want to lose a goalie for nothing because I firmly believe that a team after, because remember, after the salary cap, the roster expands. You can have more than 23 players on your roster if you want. You still have to be cap compliant, but you can have more. And a team might look and say, okay, this guy makes less than league minimum. He's making 762K. They might have the cap space and say, we'll take a third goalie because like Winnipeg does it already. Hellebuck sits out practices sometimes and they bring on their third goalie. So, they might say, hey, let's bring on an NHL goalie as our third. We have depth. We have room to do it. And it saves our starter. Right? Edmonton might even consider doing it. Right? If, if you had that, if you had the 360K in, or 380 plus K in cap space after the deadline, you know, the problem is they can't call up both. If they call up both, then they're, you know, they go from currently 4.6 to then to uh, 5.7. So you need an additional 1.125, right? So that's why I don't, th- you know, then you're going to have to send somebody down for sure to make it happen. So I don't uh, I don't see a way unless there's an injury and one of your goalies or some players goes on LTIR down the stretch that they're going to have both of them here at one time. That's I just, the math doesn't work for me because I think Edmonton is going to, they're going to make as many, I, I, I believe Edmonton is making three moves between now and next Friday. That's just how I see it. Hey, Greg's, uh, what happens with Carter Hart's cap hit? Do you think Philly would take Jack Campbell if added a sweetener? Well, how does that help Edmonton? Carter, Carter Hart's contract is done at the end of the season. There's, there's, no, it does not. They're not doing it. He's an RFA. He doesn't, he doesn't have a contract pass this year. And, uh, as that case will, will probably won't be before the courts, uh, by this summer, I'd be stunned. If any of those guys are signed by a team, we'll see what happens there. But I, I would be surprised. Let's get to the two-minute warning with Cam Tate, brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling, where the rates never change. If all of a sudden, tonight, tomorrow, early morning, furnace kicks out, you need it fixed, call Legacy, no overtime charges. All weekend, that's how you build a legacy at LegacyHeating.ca. Thanks there. Big J, positive Friday. Love it. And those Edmonton Oilers this afternoon, they are on their charter, you know, the big bird with the cast iron tail, and they could very well be singing that Perry Como hit. Remember that there, Grandpa? With the lyrics, the blue skies you ever seen are in Seattle. 1969, I think. They call me reader Ralph. And today I'm reading the words of Edmonton's son, columnist Cam Tate. Uh, there's an unwritten rule in the sports writers and broadcasters fraternity. We can't cheer. You won't see anyone like Big J dancing on the press box ledge when the Oilers pop a goal. Um, the reason is, of course, we have to remain neutral. Can't pick sides. Just the facts, man. And no emotion, but relationships in journalism. Reporters can't do our jobs without them. And friendships form. I know I've had to bite my tongue when a good friend I am covering does something out of this world. Sure. Uh, hearty handshake or pat on the back after the game is in order. And of course, done privately. I have never met Connor Brown. He wouldn't know me at all, but I've been cheering keep it quiet for him lately. And so our Oilers fans, they were chanting a few games ago for the 30-year-old Toronto native to score a goal. Uh, in 49 games with the Oilers this year, Brown has five assists and is minus nine. Uh, he can score uh, in the 2020-21 season with the Ottawa Senators. He had 21 goals this season, though. Uh, he is the lone Oiler not to bury the biscuit. Where does Euler Captain Connor McDavid hosted Brown for dinner in a Toronto Italian restaurant over the summer and invited him to join the Oilers? I think there is, I don't know, just a bit of pressure. And we all like to contribute to a team, to to be part of success, to feel useful. Uh, I have no specific reason why I want Connor Brown to score other than living with a disability. I have had the odd experience of feeling left out. I hope that ends for him Saturday by scoring goal in Seattle against the Kraken. So one day soon, I can shake his hand. Two minute warning. Monday, Friday, uh, Jason Greger show sports 1440. So there's Cam Tate. Interesting perspective as somebody who uh, lives with a disability and saying, hey, it's not great uh, feeling left out. And I guess, uh, Con- hey, no, I, I, I can tell you the fans, I think, feel the same way as Cam Tate 
in the sense there's many fans now that at first it was anger and frustration. Like, what, paying this guy this much and he's doing nothing? I get it. It was totally valid. But a lot of people are now are like, well, geez, you don't just want to pound on the guy and kick him while he's down. You're just like, I just hope he scores one goal. And that's, I think, where a lot of fans are at right now. It's, it's kind of, it's gone. It's almost like a pity goal is how they would look at it. They're just like, okay, thanks. We'd like to see it. Hey, Gregor, Pagnota said the orders are offering their first in a roster player for Sean Walker. Um, I can tell you that that is, that would go against every conversation I've had with somebody. Uh, in the organization, I would be absolutely floored um, to think that that was uh, uh, <laughs> um, an offer from Edmonton. A first for Sean Walker, who up until this year, like he's had 60 good NHL games, right? I, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't buy that based on conversations I've had with people in the organization. I don't think that uh, um, if you were acquiring Sean Walker, it wouldn't be a first rounder. I'll tell you that. Now, the reason the player's going out is because money in, money out. But even then, I don't, uh, I don't see the organization viewing him as someone who would uh, who would come in and and play the minutes that their current top two right defensemen play. Right. So I don't. Uh, PP. I, I don't really get that one at all. 
to uh, now they're not a playoff team right now, but still they did it even though they're in playoff contention because it was Dallas and they're like, hey, we'll get a pick. The odds of us and Dallas both getting to the final are low. So there's six teams that I don't think the orders would ever talk with. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'd be stunned if you're like, hey, Rob Blake, uh, what do you think about this guy? And he's like, what? We're like four points up, up ahead of you. Why are we trading? Right? It wouldn't make any sense. So you have a conversation with Craig Conroy in Calgary. You know that Chris Tanev is available. Well, what would it take to make it work? And as I said for three weeks, the only way the orders could acquire Tanev is if you either trade CC in the deal because they don't have cap space otherwise. Or you find a, a second trade where you have to trade CC at the same time, right? You'd literally have to announce both of them at once because the owners don't have cap space to take Tanev even for whatever time until you have finalized the trade, right? Because now he's on your cap. Couldn't make it work, right? Do I believe the Calgary Flames would have ever traded Chris Tanev to, to Edmonton unless Edmonton grossly paid more than what Dallas was offering? I do not. Right, I've seen Oiler fans online, small, small percentage. Of, oh, this means that no one wanted Cody Cece. No, that's not what it means. That's your negative, incorrect interpretation is what it is. Right? Look what they got for Tanev. Right? They got a prospect and they got a pick. Right? They retained some salary. They didn't take on new salary. Now, they would, if you got Tanev for Cece... Salary cap's a little bit higher, so you could have retained way less, sure, but then you're also getting a player back, so you're taking on way more money. I um, I, I think sometimes people, certain owners do not like retaining salary, even if it's for a month, right? You're like, I got to pay a million and a half for what, a sixth round, fifth round, fourth round pick? What are the odds that picks are really going to help me, right? So you're going to need an owner who's committed to doing it. I don't think Calgary was ever committed to trading Tanev to Edmonton. And I said that weeks ago. Not surprised. But it doesn't mean they didn't want Cody Cece. That's what people like to tell themselves because they're like, I hate Cody Cece, so this will make me feel better. They have no proof to it. Right? But I can tell you the orders as an organization never really felt that Calgary was ever seriously close considering trading Cody Cece to Edmonton. It's just how it goes. And, and and I think if, if most of you take a step back and just say, okay, what's rational thought process here? Well, that was, uh, that would be good. No question. Hey guys, I'm not sure, but is Cody, is Connor Brown and Toby Ryderville yet from Dave? Uh, Toby Reader went 67 games without a goal. So uh, Brown's got a, he's got a little ways to go, right? Because he, he missed some games this year. So yeah, that is... It's not ideal. I think we can all agree, right? It is. Uh, if there's one thing that order fans across the board, analysts could agree that um, it's not ideal. The lack of production right now from uh, Connor Brown, zero goals in 49 games. So he would have to go 18 more games to tie to buy. But I'd actually have to look at minutes played and uh, and see how many minutes. I'll, I'll look that up during the break. I'll be curious to see uh, where they are in minutes played. Because right? games played is one thing, but minutes obviously the more minutes you're on the ice, the more opportunity you have to score a goal. So, we'll see. Hey guys, anybody know where the Walker rumors even started? Honestly, I don't, I don't think Sean Walker's ever really been a, a big um, target for the Empton Orders. I, really, I don't believe that. It, it's being talked about because names get thrown out there all the time. People look, oh, who needs a right defense? What all they need? Oh, there's Sean Walker. It's a new shiny toy. Oh, he's playing great. Mm. I, I don't think as as much as, uh, I don't think it's ever really been that close. All right Now, hey, I could be totally wrong by next Friday. But I, uh, based on every conversation I've had to this point, I don't, I don't think it's... Um, it's nearly as plausible as some people are projecting it to be. And like I said, I told people for three weeks, you'll see lots of names for lots of different teams and 95% of them will never come to fruition. It's just how it is. Hey guys, uh, what if the orders package up Kane for a player for player trade and replaces grit in the bottom six grant? Well, who are you talking about grant? And here's my question. So who out there, so there's Anthony Mantha, there's Jake Gensel, for sure that we think are available. 
right? A little bit more expensive than Kane, but not massively. Uh, neither one of them has term, though. Neither one's as physical as Kane. Gensel, proven more better offensive player, no question. Edmonton, to me, is already a team that lacks physicality up and down their lineup. So if you have a player who is skilled physicality and has some warts on his game, sure. But now you're going to, and when you say you replace in the bottom six, but you're going to place with a guy who's not going to play as many minutes. So you're not really replacing it. And to me, if anything, the orders need to add more grit, not substance, especially skilled grit. Evander Kane is skilled. Right? He's a good player. To to trade him away for a top six guy who might score two or three more goals, but doesn't bring the physicality, like, is that clearly a win? I wouldn't do it, personally. Hey, boys, what about Bujnevich? Possibility? Well, I'll say if the orders, think about it. So if the orders get Bujnevich, they have to get him at quarter of the cap, right? So they have to split it twice. So you're going to have to give up. Tanev cost you a fourth for a quarter and a quarter of Buch higher. So you're talking a third. So a third just to the team who takes him. Then whatever it's going to cost to get him here. And you're going to have to, like, mathematically it works. But if you do that, it's almost the only trade you can make. That's the challenge for the orders. And I'm not sold that Buchnevich is, is available. But so you, you have to consider the cap hit. In any, when you talk Gensel, when you talk Mantha, like, you're going to have to make that trade become, you're going to have to split it twice like they did with Tanev. Right? And that eats, even at splitting it twice still eats up the majority of the order's available cap space. Now you could then trade another bottom six guy and like, like you did when you got Kulak, right? And you shipped in uh, Legacy just to make the money work. So you could do another one. But then how do you bring a defenseman in? Because while the orders have 2 million in cap space today, keep in mind, they have 2 million in cap space with only six defensemen on the roster. So if you add a seventh, they don't really have two million in cap space. So keep that in mind. Let's get to the Common Man Sports 1440 update brought to you by BIE Engineering, specializing all their residential, commercial, and industrial structural engineering needs. Go to BIEENG.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 